15, we have the entire church meeting in this, in this rather beautiful way on like, whoa, God has shifted who God's people are and who they aren't, and we've got to discover what this is and do the work of redefining our faith that way. Uh, we just studied a few, a few weeks ago or, or maybe a month and a half ago in Philippians where Paul talks himself about his journey of faith used to look this way. And I was really good at it, but I count all this as rubbish, if you remember. I count it all as, as loss compared to the knowing of Christ and, and this journey. And, and so if you feel like you're the only one redefining and rediscovering and where some parts of faith hasn't worked, well, you know you're not. Uh, human history is full of it. This room is full of people who are doing that. And so we're just kind of journeying together. And instead of me just talking again, uh, I asked our pastors, like, let's, let's talk together. So I, I've got a couple questions we're going to ask. Uh, I'm going to ask them, and then we'll have some time like we have each week to just talk together as we see what God is doing in our midst. Okay? That's what today's going to look like. Uh, so first question, I'm actually going to ask the ones I told you I was going to ask progress so the throw you a curveball yes who's your favorite viking ever oh no (laughs) eric the red Uh, okay so i want you to look way back and what is the first like picture or metaphor of god that you had what when were you you know like about how old were you and and just how did you see god in kind of your first memories of that. Either one of you can go first. Oh yeah, let, let me pause. Pastor Rob's mother's here, and it was just her birthday. Thank you for being here. Uh, so this question was... Uh, I thought of it this week. There was a couple pictures. The first one was like, um, did you guys ever have the felt boards growing up, like in Sunday school? And you like you put the people on the felt board. That's like the first image that comes to my mind. But it's hazy. Um, so when I was thinking through, like, this by far is probably not my first image of God, but the one that probably rings the most true that I think came about when I was in early elementary, upper elementary school, like maybe fourth or fifth grade. Um, For those of you that don't know, I grew up um, in the church, but I also went to Christian school. So it was my 24-7-365. Like it was in my life all the time. And so if I didn't learn it at church, I probably picked it up at school, one or the other. But the picture is... uh, there's two hills, and I actually remember drawing this. So I'm actually picturing one of my own drawings of these two hills that are green, okay? And then there's this deep, dark chasm between the two hills. And then you've got my little stick figure on one side, and you've got God's stick figure on the other. And then there's a giant cross that has fallen, that has is is bridging the two hills and there's Jesus and he has bridged the gap between me and God the gap that was formed when the fall happened is bridged 
and I now can walk across the cross and, and get to God. And that picture stuck with me like for a really long time. So like that's the most vivid one. Yeah. And that's, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember being taught how to draw that. Um, and that's a helpful one for a lot of people, right? Like that, that helped people for a lot of seasons, a lot of days, maybe even today. That's, that's great. Good, vivid description. What, what do you got? So for me, uh, my earliest remembrance of, of God had to be around the age of four or five years of age. And remember, re- remembering um, just pretty much my, my family background along with the church that we went to, that, that God was this mysterious, uh, this mysterious person in the sky, looking down. And I remember the, the, the main thing about God, my first image of God was fear. Mm. Fear of, but yet feared, but yet love all at the same time. But that fear was based on what I didn't or what I did do. And I remember my grandmother would say, well, you don't want to be a bad boy, pretty much, because you'll go to the devil. And the devil I knew was a bad person and with the, the horns and you know, this red melting face. It was somewhat like my boogeyman. Sure. But uh, for, the, for the most part, it was based off of fear. And then along with uh, the church that I went to, uh, not far from, from here, and the deacons of the pastors of the church literally scaring the hell in me. <laughs> so it was really based off of fear. Fear. And, and you guys relate to fear as an early image of God? As, as I got a little older and started to read, like, how we deal with trauma, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I think I, I like, just tried to appease God. Like, I, I think that was part of my thing. So I very much relate on that. Was there a time in, in your life where that metaphor or picture didn't work? For me, as I got a little older and realized about life, um, around this time, I'm probably in my pre-teens, and I realized I viewed God a little differently, that he wasn't this person to be, or this mysterious person in the sky looking down to be feared, or what I did or what I didn't do wrong, um, based on like people judging other people based on their certain lifestyles. Um, and around this age, or around this time, uh, hip-hop was very influential to me. And it was at the time I started listening to Tupac and hearing messages of his songs about God, heaven, um, people, the way that people lived in the environment that I grew up in, in, in the hood, that people that I looked at and the people that I uh, hung around with, maybe at times we were doing bad things, but God still loved us. God, and, and that's just what to me that I discovered that what Tupac was saying, does, you know, God love thugs pretty much. God loves, you know, 
D does, is there a heaven for a G? Is there a heaven for a gangster? And it wasn't until a good friend of mine, and mom, you remember Didi Boy, used to live on Wainichi, who passed away, unfortunately got uh, murdered. And that's when I realized, you know, based on his, his lifestyle, regardless of how society may have judged him, I know that he's with God. Hmm. And so this God wasn't a God of fear, but this God was a God of love. This God was a God of no matter what, we lived our lives. Not to say that we can just go out here and live any type of way, but we are his. We are, we are excuse me, we are God's children. So that's when things tend to uh, look different for, for me. Um, I think that picture for me, my image, um, probably stuck with me through most of my, you know, middle, middle school, high school, and probably to some degree into college. Started breaking down, probably is my senior year of college when it felt like my whole world got flipped upside down, and now all of a sudden I was questioning God in ways that I never had before, and I was... I was searching to be close to him and, and just felt so distant. But I was like, but I have Jesus in my heart. So according to my picture, like I'm supposed to be able to cross the bridge and he's supposed to be right there. And, um, but, and then moving to Nashville and like discovering my faith, I really think for the first time for myself, um, that image broke, broke down because I was like, there has to be more. There's no way that a God who is, who I believe to be good and, and who loves his people, like God the Father, like there's no way that this, this, he would be that separated from us all the time, right? And then embracing God is more than just God the Father, but God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's, there's more. There has to be more. It has to be deeper. There has to be, um, yeah, so I think really, and then I moved here, and everything, everything flew into question um, in the best way. When, I'm, when I started here seven years ago at one church, like, all of a sudden, I'm reading these passages that I've known my whole life, but they're, they're different, and that chasm just seemed to get like smaller and smaller. So really that picture for me held so true for a really long time and it's really been the last eight to nine years that that picture has slowly been morphing and changing. Yeah. So as, as we're talking, I want to invite you guys to be thinking through these answers for yourself as well. Like what, what is your first images? Do they still work? If they do, that's great. But when, when did they stop working and, and why? Um, for you guys, at, at that moment, when, when you lost your dear friend, mm -hmm. when you moved to Nashville, faith kind of became your own, how did you go forward? Like at, at that point when that, that image that sustained you didn't work anymore, uh, how'd you go forward? Particularly, was there anything particularly that you can think of that you had to let go of? And was there anything that you kind of grabbed onto that was really helpful? at those moments of 
faith transitions? I would say for me, um, to let go of that fear. Um, you know, as I mentioned about, you know, uh, people passing away, um, their environment uh, that I grew up in, along with, um, I guess, a little bit of that, that fear from, um, I never forget, but some deacons uh, from my church, uh, as I mentioned, that literally scared the hell out of me, uh, or in me, rather, uh, that they uh, were saying, well, you got to be baptized. And it was all based on actions. And if you don't get baptized, if you don't do this, it's an act I got to do for God. And once again, it was that, uh, that, that fear of an act that I had to, to do. But I realized that God is not a God of, yeah, he's to be feared in reverence, but out of love, but not a fear of, well, everything that I do, God is going to punish me. And I had to extend grace to myself, that, which I'm still learning from God in, 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 my, in my journey, in my walk with him. Um, but let go of, of, of the fear and knowing that no matter what, I am beloved. I am, I am his. Um, yeah. That's huge. And... I love that. I think that speaks for a lot of us, that there's something to letting go of fear. And um, I even love how you brought up baptism there. Obviously, we have a baptism in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And we, hear, we, we don't believe in just doing stuff to get like brownie points mm-hmm. with God. But, mm-hmm. And at the same time, things like baptism or communion, which we celebrate, they're very helpful reminders, right? They're days that we can look back on and like, Oh yeah, but I was baptized, and I know my my intent, and I know my God, and and in that baptism, I I, I cherish that, I remember that baptism, not because I did the right thing, mm-hmm. but out of this uh, this getting new pictures, uh, out of out of this becoming something mm-hmm. new. So I love that. Thank you. How about for you, Kat? Um, I think for me it starts with a little bit more practical. So I had to let go of Sunday mornings. Mm. Um, Sunday mornings had become this like lifeline for me. And like, this was when I felt God heard from God and, and all of a sudden that breaking down of like, it doesn't matter how flashy I am or how close I appear to be like, that doesn't matter. Um, trying to get the attention of the pastor or being in the inner group, like this, this wanting and this desiring to belong. Um, I had to let go of that. And that happened a lot of when I moved here. I mean, if any of you were, I mean, (laughs) I laugh thinking of how I started at one church and Nashville hats, Nashville hats. I was Nashville cat, like very much was. And, and, and the transformation that has happened and, but that shedding of that mask, um, I had to let go of that mask. Um, and then, like, let go of everything I'd been taught, <laughs> like, everything that I had known of God to be where, like, 
he was over, he was distant, he was far, and the only way to get to him, God the Father, was, was to believe in Jesus, and, and that, like, then he would draw near to me, but never, but then realizing, like, but the formulas didn't work. The A plus B equals C didn't work. The, the 30 minutes of quiet time, sitting in silence, reading my Bible, like, doing that, like, it, it didn't, it wasn't working. And I had to let go of all of those things to, to then grab on to just God. And just to grab on to his goodness and trust that, like, he was on this journey with me. And it wasn't going to look the same. Like, it looked one way when I was single living in Nashville. Then I got married, and it looked different then. And then I had kids, and and that relationship with God is ever-changing. And I think the thing that kept me going forward was knowing that, like, his, that my desire for him was great, but his desire for me was even better. And I wanted that. Like, I just wanted to know his heart. And his, I wanted to know what he felt about me. And I wanted to know who his, I really wanted to know God's true heart. Like, yeah. it just kept me going forward. That's good. Can I interject? Please. Well? So it, it kept reminding me of something, um, something I had to grab onto uh, in regards of, uh, with God um, and as I mentioned, you know, letting go of the fear and also doing acts, doing um, service is that um, man, lost, uh, lost my train of thought. It is, man, um, help me God. It, it, it's, it, it wasn't based on the view, I would say, of God, but more based on what I would say learned behavior through church. I was thinking about this morning, through church or um, society of faith. But as I unlayer, unlayered certain things, it made me realize it's like, that's not God. That's not what God is, you know, wanting us or wanted me to do at that particular time in, uh, in regards of, of my life by the acts and service. That was something that it was a learned behavior. So as I was this week thinking of, uh, about the, the questions, I had to apologize to God in regards of things that it, I, I guess as, as, as believers or as uh, people of faith, that sometimes we view the church as God. And I got caught up in the the, the, corp the in the corporation of church and not of God. I'm, but I'm now realizing it took a process of, you know, understanding the, the two. And I think that's why that fear came in at, well, the, or in also doing the acts of doing certain things that God is going to reward me if I do this, but God is not, is God's going to punish me if I do this. Mm -hmm. So to me, I, I, I owe God um, actually, last night, as I was reflecting as well, and this morning, God, I owe you an apology. Mm. I think particularly for some of us, some of us are good at church. We're good at doing 
we're, we're, or, or these equations in our own life and quiet times, the A plus B equals C, we're good at it. And it doesn't produce more of God, but it, we're, we're good at what that factory makes, right? And, and there's a different kind of grief when we let go of that, when we stop doing and trust that there's something there, when we uh, don't think that God is going to produce what we want God to produce, but we still wait on God. That, that's a different kind of vulnerability that you both are talking about there. Um, and I, I mean, this, a lot of us have been journeying a long time together. A, a few people are brand new or new in the last couple months. But like part of what we have found collectively as a community is we are continually understanding God differently, right? Individually and collectively. God's revealing who God is differently and we're not saying these things as if we have arrived now. We're saying this as like, hey, these have been helpful along the way. And so we're skipping probably a ton of different pictures of God and years of life, and we're fast-forwarding to today. So good luck letting that happen quick. <laughs> but we, we fast-forward today. Just how, how or where do you find yourself now? as we're talking about redefining and, and this whole larger conversation we're having as a, as a person, not so much as a pastor, we'll get to that in a moment, but as just a child of God, where do you find yourself today? So I find myself, um, I picture... So there's a book I'm reading, and in the, in the book, the main character gets out of a situation, and they're running towards the people who are going to take her to safety. And, and she's running, and she can't really see where she's going, but she just can feel this, like, this repeat, like, come to me, like, come my way, come my way, come my way. And so she just starts running towards that. And then she meets the two people who are going to take her to safety. And she doesn't stop there. She just keeps running, and they, they just run next to her. Um, now, I don't feel like I'm, I'm running away from anything, but I have this image now. Instead of these two hills with this, this is going to make me cry, these two hills with a cross, it was, there was never a chasm. It was always just a field and God being like, come this way, come this way. And when I did and I met with him and the Holy Spirit and, and, and Jesus and we just are running together towards whatever like is ahead. Like we're running and they're, and they're right. They're there with me to help to to hold me up at times where I get tired, to, to remind me of who I am. Um, to love, to direct, to, yeah, to, to be near. Thank you. Hmm. Where I'm at personally, personally with, with God. 
um, I was reflecting on, on that earlier this week along with this morning and uh, Kat, I, I got my tears out earlier this morning. So <laughs> I was, I, as I was like, man, I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna cry. Um, and so, it, it, and that's, that's it now. I've, I've learned to become more vulnerable uh, towards God um, and to know that it's okay. That it's not based off what I do. It's not based on actions, but I'm, 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 that I'm a child. Um, this week, as, as I was reflecting on the, on the questions, it was very challenging for me because I had to look back into my childhood. And based on the sermon that you preached last week um, about us, you know, pretty much being, and I'm paraphrasing, being childlike. And that's where I'm at now with, with God. It's going back to my childhood and learning the innocence of myself and that I am beloved. Um, I was thinking about my stepfather uh, early this week and I remember him saying, Robert, uh, you, you'll be a better minister person overall once you go through challenges in life. And, um, you know, I, I spoke to him in, in spirit uh, earlier this week, and I was like, Bernie, man, that was my stepfather's name. Like, man, you, you were right. Um, I had to go through some things, which it gave me uh, w w what I'm now learning to what, what the church, what one church is all about is becoming. And I'm learning to become Robert again. Mm -hmm. That little boy. Yeah. That's beautiful, though. Like two more minutes, you'll cry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I laid all my tears out, but yeah. One or two more minutes, it's it's right there. I see it, Robert. Thank you. Um, that's beautiful. I want to, uh, if I can kind of give us an assignment this week. I'm not going to ask you if you did it or not. But if you try it, you win. Um, get by yourself and a mirror and just a few times say your name and say that you are beloved. And I, I just invite you to, and, and some of us can imagine the name that God probably calls us. Like, I, I know that God calls me Maddie. I know it. Because little Matt is not Matt. He's Maddie. My mom named me Matthew and hates the name Matt. So everyone called me Maddie. And so I know God calls me Maddie. And so for me, it's look in the mirror, as awkward as I am, and say, Maddie, you're beloved. And I just want to invite you to do that. And if you're a mess inside, join us. Um, 
And if it's really hard, join us. But pay attention to your body. Pay attention to what happens in you. If you're resisting it, that's okay. But we will become more ourselves the more we believe that. Yeah. You know? So I get, I get to spend quite a bit of time with, with these guys. And there's always one week a month, it seems like we, we have extra meetings together. So it's really special. We get a lot more time. And these two really love you guys. They really love this church. They're grateful for you. So I want to ask you guys as we finish this part, is as a pastor, now you get to wear that hat. It, it's very natural for you. It's, it says Seahawks for you. Uh, it's stylish. It's not quite Don's, but it's a nice hat. As a pastor, what words do you have for this, this church that you love around this area of redefining and our identities? Give yourself grace. Know that you are loved, as Matt you know, was just saying, to reflect on the beloved side. I know that everybody here, we all come through different backgrounds, especially within our, uh, uh, with different faith traditions, especially within the church, to extend grace to yourself. That you are loved no matter what. To, and I'm going to say it one more time, extend grace. And ask God, what does that grace look like? Or shall I say for you to reflect on with God what that grace looks like to you? That's a good word. Yeah. I echo what Rob says. Um, but also, uh, don't compare. Don't compare your journey with somebody else's. Be kind to yourself. And like, I think, like accept wherever you're at, like just, and be willing to sit in it. I think so often society and tells us that we need to be here. You know, you need to be here with this and this and this by the time you're this age. Um, and that's not true. So wherever you're, wherever you are, that's good. You don't have to keep striving. Just be. And don't put us on pedestals. Oh, no. Our chairs are very high, right? They now. are really high, but don't put us on. I mean, the whole time, as as we like give this word, my hope is that you feel that we are still redefining with you, and we are still on this journey with you.